Hello, and welcome back to The Regular Girl Podcast. I'm Kelly Smith, and this is the companion to The Regular Girl Book, 365 Devotions to Remember the Truth of the Gospel. Today's entry is titled Oreos and Other Sundry Junk Food. Just one thing. As citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or am absent, I will hear about you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. I try really hard to limit the amount of junk food in my house. I know that if it's in my kitchen, the odds are pretty high that I'm going to eat it. If it's there, I have to say no to that junk every time I open the cabinet. If it's not here, I can't eat it. It's an effective strategy. Except sometimes I lie to myself while grocery shopping. These are for the kids, I'll tell myself, and really convince myself that I won't have a battle every time I get the craving for something junky and sweet. As it turns out, double-stuffed Oreos will actually call out my name. Needy and mouthy little cookies they are. It's not that junk food is bad, it's just my relationship with junk food is problematic. I seem to lack the thing that allows one to be satisfied with just a taste or bite. My craving tells me that I need the entire row of cookies to be content. One Oreo leads to a row of Oreos, a handful of Lucky Charms, and a bowl of chips and salsa. The next thing I know, I don't feel great, and there's no room in my appetite for the stuff that nourishes my body with actual nutrition. Never mind the shame and guilt. You did it again. When will you ever learn? Lately, I've spent a fair amount of time thinking and reading about the holiness of God. It's a topic that we largely gloss over in favor of God's love, mercy, and compassion. Even in all of my writing, I don't know that I've spent much time focused on this very big part of God. It matters, though, because if we miss the part of our faith that immediately calls us into sanctification after our justification, I think we miss out on the key to an intimate relationship with God. Sin is reprehensible to God, and because of the separation it causes between us and Him, it should be reprehensible to us, too. We convince ourselves we really have more self-control than we do. We forget we have been called to be holy like Him. We think a little here and there won't matter because God is merciful, right? A little prayer of repentance and forgiveness never hurt anyone, so we can sin first and repent later, right? But if we are called to be holy, our premeditated actions should leave us completely shaken at the mere thought and do everything we can to avoid the situations that put us at risk in the first place. Sin is a slippery slope. It's always a thousand small yeses that lead us to the place where we wonder how we ever got there. There is grace and forgiveness, yes, but as citizens of heaven, don't we want more for ourselves than only justification? Imagine actually having that intimate relationship with God that allows you to hear from Him and fully rest in the peace of the gospel. I believe this is why God calls us to holiness. His love is a gift, and the fellowship offered to us through that gift is one to be held dear. Where in your life are you saying yes when you should say no? Is it the friendship that leads you to gossip? The movies and music that dilute your sense of what is acceptable for speech and dress? Is it food that makes you lose control? These all matter because they are all those small yeses that dilute our discernment. As citizens of heaven, what does that mean to you? 
take time to ask and pray for the obedience to make the necessary changes. Now, I want to pause for a moment and elaborate a little bit that I am not certainly trying to be the judge of what you should be convicted by. I'm not, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. And I talk a little bit about, you know, how we dress, the music that we listen to. I'm not here to tell you that women need to cover their entire bodies. That's, that's not what I'm here to tell you. I have some pretty strong opinions about all of that. But I do think that if we, if we want to lead a life calling us deeper into sanctification, and if you're not familiar with that term, sanctification is basically what the process of the Holy Spirit working in us to make us more like Jesus. So you, you are justified by expressing that belief, by, by embracing this gift of salvation. Justification is what allows you to go to heaven. That is what, that's your ticket to be with God in eternity. So salvation has nothing to do with what we're doing. It has everything to do with the acceptance and belief that Jesus died for our sins. He rose from the grave and ascended into heaven. That that whole thing, that's your justification, okay? Because Christ's death on the cross to atone for our sins is what gives us grace. It's not anything that we did. It will never be anything that we did because we could never do enough to atone for our sins. It's Christ's death, period, the end. Sanctification is a process that happens after that. Sanctification cannot happen before justification because you have to have a belief in all that for the Holy Spirit to come in and do that work to clean you up and make you more like Jesus. So sanctification is a continual act. We will never be purely and wholly sanctified until we meet Jesus face to face. And sanctification, though, is a tricky thing because I think we can get in the way of our own sanctification. You know, God gives us our own dignity. He gave man free will. We can freely say no to him. He will ask us and call us to do really hard things, but he is doing it to call us into a deeper relationship with him. All of that stuff helps build your faith. But sometimes we get in the way of our sanctification, I believe, because we've diluted our own discernment. We can't, you know, if you hang around with people long enough where, let's say you don't use any profanity, but you hang around people who talk like that, it's not going to take long before you begin to dilute your own sensitivity that you are allowing you allow a cuss word to slip in. And I'm not, you know, I don't, I had a, heard a pastor one time talk about there's, you know, there is some language in, in scripture about your, your talk. Don't let any unwholesome talk out of your mouth. What is unwholesome talk? We have assigned a lot of definition to things that I don't think scripture is clear on, but it's not, there's not a list in the Bible of words that are not acceptable. It's man that has deemed certain words unacceptable. But the example being, you hang out with that and it's not going to be long before your own sensitivity to those words is diluted. I give a lot of um, talks on sexual harassment in my professional career. And one of the things that I talk about, because when we go into the workplace, there's a lot of people from different walks of life. And sexual harassment, it all hinges on impact over intent. It doesn't matter what the person intended by what they said. It's the impact of that on the other person. Well, we have culturally, 
we have diluted our own discernment. And so some people are watching really gory movies where there's a lot of sex and, you know, foul language and a lot of really like different kind of (laughs) crazy things happening. And there are other people who don't watch movies like that. So for a person, I don't watch movies like that. So if I watch a really violent movie, I can't last more than five minutes because it's, it's hard for me, but other people who watch that all the time, it's no big deal to them. We have, we've, we've exposed ourselves because whether you try to live in a bubble or not, you go to a store and the music that they're playing, if it has certain words and language describing women and men and the things that they're doing, that is creeping into your brain, whether you realize it or not. The type of movies that you watch, the television that you watch, the books that you read, the, the things that you're consuming online, it's really difficult to completely eradicate that stuff from your life. It's going to creep in. And so I think you know, this is, this is the question you have to ask yourself. Are there things that I'm participating in that are diluting my discernment? Because that happens. I think that our guilt and our shame over sin is a gift from the Holy Spirit because it's meant to help us pause and go, ooh, I don't really feel great when I do that thing. But if you ignore that long enough, that guilt and that shame is going to dissipate to the point where you no longer see your sin as sin. So this is a question between you and God. It is not a question that I can answer for you. It is not a question that anybody can answer for you. But chances are very high that there are some things you're engaged in in your life that if you were truly honest with yourself, you have some conviction about that thing, but you're continuing to participate in it. And if you stopped, perhaps some other things would lead you down a path to clean it up. But only you can know that answer. That's between you and God. I'm not here to judge anybody for their life choices or their decisions. It truly, I truly do believe that is between you. Things that I'm convicted by. So for example, I used to teach a Zumba and there's a lot of really fun dance music out there. And while I'm all about freedom of expression, there was a moment where I became aware that the things that were being talked about in the lyrics of the music were really bad. The way they were talking about women, the the language that they used, it was it was not great and I felt a way about it. Now, there were plenty of people in my class who probably had never even listened to those lyrics before and probably never would, but the point was I felt convicted about it. I felt like I was discrediting my own witness as a Christian trying to lead a life like Jesus that I had to take a stand. I felt that the Holy Spirit was calling me to make a place where people could come in and there wasn't anything like that. That we were listening and dancing to music that people could feel good about and there wouldn't be any conviction for that. And then dance moves that people wouldn't feel weird or shameful about. It changed some things. And I will tell you, nothing but good came from that. It was hard because people would tell me, hey, oh, there's this really cool song. I would listen to it. I would listen to the music and it didn't pass the muster. The spidey senses were tingling and I thought, oh, I just I just don't know. So when in doubt, I just didn't do it. Yeah, there there's nothing wrong with that. But to me, there was. So that's a question between you and God. Only God can answer that for you. And it's a really valuable, although difficult journey to go on. But it is worth it. So 
thank you so much for joining me today on this pretty lengthy episode. Gosh, I don't think I've done an episode this long in a, in a long time. So thanks for hanging with me. Maybe that was some food for thought that you needed to hear. Um, but I do hope you'll come back again soon. So with that, you guys have a great day.